continue the social distancing podcast but this time jay and i can see each other Woo-hoo. we we're uh you know we're getting hip with the uh, technology <laughs> we're gonna try it a different way this time and fingers crossed that it actually works yes <laughs> so um i'm bay and i'm jay and this, and this is, is Party don't, don't get Woo-hoo. where Episode. we talk about your thing that you don't get <laughs> huh? Episode? Oh, 32. <laughs> <laughs> Episode no, no rhythm when we're not like physically with each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can blame it on that. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, we probably have a lack of rhythm when we're together as well. Real quick, how much for those Clorox wipes back there? Um, oh, they gave <laughs> priceless priceless items oh my god we tried to get some on amazon they're nowhere to be found they i actually like already had them um yeah i mean we had some but we've we've used them up pretty quickly (laughs) we're we're conserving so so far i've only used up like one lysol wipe container for like um for like a month so like essentially one sheet a day <laughs> like that's our <laughs> average the then we one. bought like little spray so we've been trying to spray stuff instead of using the wipes and stuff i mean like before all this happened that was my go-to for cleaning like it's just so much easier to use the wipes yeah me wipes. too so i thankfully just had a whole bunch before any of the corona stuff started so who knows how long it'll last <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's my turn to get, get to get us started this time around. Is that All correct? Right. I, I was trying to remember. Um, yes, actually, yes, it is. Because I remember, yeah, you went second with the molasses. I feel like you're better at remembering that than I am. But uh, so that's why I always ask. Kind of, kind of surprising since you're typically the one with the better memory. But <laughs> um, so I was actually super excited about this. My really? Topic. I'm excited about my topic, too. Oh, good. Yay. Double excited. That means my- next week's going to be boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my window's open, so hopefully you can't hear my um, my neighbors, like, revving their car engine right now. I did um, not. <laughs> there's, That's like, vroom, vroom. Like a child. But, um, <laughs> like, a little matchbox car. Vroom, vroom, vroom. What, what sound does a car make? <laughs> so, I was watching TV unintentionally no, no. I, I can't believe it or not <laughs> i was not intending to get a topic okay don't, don't you love it when they just fall into your lap oh, it's the most amazing thing and i was just having a relaxing evening and this was like right after we finished recording last time so i had to like compose myself for two <laughs> weeks to wait to like share this with you um because normally i would just you know tell you but i had to wait to keep it a surprise and um, I was like, this is so good. And not only do I have this week's topic, but I have next week's topic too, because I watched multiple episodes of this show and there were many, many good ones in there. Many things that I did not get. Oh. Um, so the, the show I was watching was is, is probably one of your favorites as well. It's uh, My Strange Addiction. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Hulu, so it's not a new episode or anything like that. 
And before, I don't think there are any new episodes. I don't know. Maybe the show is canceled, but it was on for like, I think a good five seasons. Yeah, you can but, find a lot on YouTube. All the, the best yeah. and the best. So before I start, I want to preface. I feel, you feel, you know, I just telepathically, I know that you feel the same way as I do. Is that <laughs> um, we want to let people's freak flag fly. Yes. You know? So people can. We all have our weird everyone can be who they are and be free to be you and um as long as you're not hurting yourself or others i think it's totally fine right. i still think that it's healthy for us to want to understand things that yeah. are out of the norm and for us to question some 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 things but i definitely don't want to bash any of the people from the episode um however yeah. i personally do find it a little amusing um <laughs> uh <laughs> as I hope you do too. But um, I definitely- A lot of people do. <laughs> I don't think like the people in my particular story are doing anything wrong. And I think that, um, I don't think that they're hurting anybody. However, it is uh, some behavior that is not um, in your normal day-to-day -day, um, range of activities. Um, so, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, a, a wonderful lady named Linda oh, and okay. her husband named Bruce. Um, and they have, oh, I think I know this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Cause now I can see your face. <laughs> they have been together on and off now for about 30 <laughs> years and, um, they live in Florida. They currently reside in Florida. Um, and normally this doesn't sound newsworthy, um, except <laughs> for the fact that Bruce is a Ferris wheel. Oh, I, I, for some reason I was thinking it was a car, but yeah. So Linda has something called object sexuality or objectophilia. Uh, she said that her first relationships were with an airplane and a locomotive. Okay. So, um, at some point in her youth, I think she was probably in her early twenties at this point, she went to a carnival and saw a 40,000 pound skydiver, um, model Ferris wheel and immediately became taken with it. Um, <laughs> she started to work for that carnival so that she could be closer to the Ferris wheel on a daily basis. And, um, that's where their relationship started. And um, unfortunately, there was like a big storm, and it knocked. I'm gonna I'm gonna Whoa. go back and forth between calling the, it a Ferris wheel and calling it Bruce because okay. she referred to it as Bruce the entire episode. Well, so you know, <laughs> I mean, that's his name, Bay. I, I guess I guess so. it is. So Bruce fell over during this storm, and he was broken Aww. and decommissioned. That's especially hard for her. She ended up leaving that carnival, and I think she joined a different one um, for many years. And um, she found a she cheated on him. <laughs> she lost While track. He was down. <laughs> I know, but she lost track of Bruce, and so twenty six years went by, and then she decided to. I think she actually, to, to be honest, I think she left the carnival before Bruce actually was injured in the um, in the storm. But then maybe, eventually maybe found he out. got injured from a broken heart. <laughs> maybe. Um, and then she eventually, I think, found out that he had been broken due to the storm. So um, 26 years went by. And then she decided that she, you know, she wanted to rekindle 
her relationship with this Ferris wheel with Bruce. <laughs> and um, she had to track him down. And she found this skydiver Ferris wheel 26 years later and bought it for $9,000. Um, she brought it back to her property, which in the episode really kind of looked like it was um, like essentially a trailer park with like large yeah. lots. This is, yeah, I kind of remember this part. So she has like the main structure, which kind of like folds in on itself, almost like, um, like an accordion. Mm-hmm. And that's like outside next to her um, home. And then next to that is like an enclosed trailer storage unit. And that's where like all the seats are and all like the smaller parts that she would then have to connect it to. Um, so currently Bruce does not work. And she said that she would have to spend like a lot more money in order for it to eventually be fixed enough to, to be to be ridden, which I think is the ultimate goal, of course. She wants um, to get a, get a <laughs> ride, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so they had a commitment ceremony to solidify their relationship, um, <laughs> but she recognizes that it's not legally binding. And even on the side of the ride, she had like graffiti in like a, like almost like what you see on like the spray painted shirts of the beach. It was like Linda and Bruce, <laughs> six thousand, whatever, like whatever year it was that they got married. I, I didn't. Now, did that. people attend this commitment ceremony? I she didn't say, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure someone had to officiate it in some degree. Um, and um, in the episode, she had like she discussed it a lot with her neighbor, and her neighbor was accepting of her and her relationship with the Ferris wheel, and she said that I she mean, was surprised at first, but. She yeah. realized, she's like, you know, she's not hurting anybody. So I guess it's right. It's, it's like, fine. What, what can you do with the Ferris wheel? You know, <laughs> I know. So she is currently trying to fix the Ferris wheel to make it functional. The largest structure is outside where people can see it. But the inside part with the seats, she actually has like a bunk bed situation going on in there um, because that allows for some privacy where other people can't see them interacting with each other. That's fair. And she has candlelit dinners there. I do remember that from the the show. It was like her and like with like one chair and a or like a table with tablecloth. Yes. She was like talking Um, to Bruce. And she can eat with Bruce and touch Bruce in private and then sleep there as well. Um, where there won't be prying eyes, if you will, because the larger structure is just outside where everyone can see. Yeah, there's no total privacy. So she says, Linda says that sex is not the driving motivation between her her quote-unquote marriage to the Ferris wheel, that it's mostly the feeling in her heart. Uh, She says that that they're just an old couple, and now she has a reason to get up every day. Oh, that was was kind of sweet. Um, Yeah, I mean, hey, you know. So, um, like, in order to define what it is that she essentially has, it so object sexuality or objectophilia is a form of sexual or romantic attraction focused on particular inanimate objects. And individuals that have this may have strong feelings of love and commitment to certain items or structures of their fixation. 
for some sexual or close emotional relationships with humans are incomprehensible. And um, some object sexual individuals also believe in like animism, which is kind of like what I was talking about, like during the Robert the Doll episode. And they have this sense that like the object is reciprocating um, based on the belief that objects have souls or an intelligence or feelings and that they're even able to like communicate back. So not all of them do that, but some of them like essentially attribute like human characteristics to these objects but most of them aren't attracted to humans sexually right no i don't think that they're i don't think that that they're attracted to humans at all oh okay interesting like at all um so one of the most famous examples of this is a a woman named erica labrie um who has gone on good morning america and the tyra banks show Leading it a little bit there um, to describe her relationship to none other than the Eiffel Tower. Erica, hey, you know that's that's a good pick. <laughs> very phallic. Um, <laughs> so Erica has even changed her last name to Eiffel. Um, so now she goes by Erica Eiffel, and um, she was actually a two-time world champion in archery. Um, prior to this. Um, so she's like, kind of like a little bit of a spokesperson for, for this. So Erica met, I'm I'm definitely not going to say this right. It's like E-I-J-A, I I think it's Aja or Ija, Aja Rita Berliner Mauer. Okay. And Aja married the Berlin Wall hence Berliner Mauer, or Mauer. Um, so Erica met Aja. Aja married the Berlin Wall 30 years ago. And so together, the two of them coined the term objectum. So it's like object U-M at the end. So, oh, so before, before they um, came out with this, it was not really a, a recognized. I mean, it had, it had been recognized, but it was more referred to as like objectophilia. And it was based mostly on like a sexual fetish, like the, tensor- yeah, not like a, a relationship, but not necessarily a relationship. Yeah, that's right. So Aja married to the Berlin wall, Erica married to the Eiffel tower. They coined the term objectum sexuality or OS in order to describe their love relationship and feelings. They founded something called the OS International. I'm assuming they're all in Europe, Um, (laughs) which is is a support network and educational website for other objectophiles. Um, Only recently have psychologists actually started to research OS. And there was this um, clinical sex sexologist um, named, I Amy want that job. <laughs> named Amy Marsh. And some of the stuff that I, so I got some of this um, from My Strange Addiction. I got some of it off of Psychology Today. And then I got some of it off of Wikipedia. And there was some like conflicting information. So Amy Marsh is the clinical sexologist and she conducted a research group of people who were a part of the OS International. Um, but then it was like, trying to say that she was only really looking at the English participants. So that was confusing. It was hard to understand how many people were in her research study. So the, some said 40 people, some said 
20. I, I'm not sure. To me, I feel That's like 20 small. people is not enough yeah. um, to really have like conclusive research, but at least she tried to conduct a study. It's probably find, hard to find a lot of participants. I, I can only imagine. So she conducted a research study from this group and she concluded that OS is a legitimate sexual orientation and that in her research, childhood trauma has nothing to do with um, indicating this as a sexual preference. Because I know that a lot of like sexual deviances and things like we've talked about, um, like voyeurism and stuff and like mm -hmm. how like that trauma in your childhood can yeah. have an effect on that. So apparently like that has nothing to do with it. So they don't have any sort of, typically have any sort of trauma or anything. No. Interesting. This is just literally a preference. Hmm. Um, she did, however, and then again, like some of this was like hard to understand um, because depending upon where I looked, it was like different information. She said that like half of the people that she studied um, exhibited um, autistic like traits. So not that all of them. But yeah. not all of them had been diagnosed with autism. Some of them had like a very small group, like I think like three or four people had mm -hmm. actually been diagnosed with autism or autism spectrum disorder. But, um, but some of them just had like, like traits that would, you know, yeah. be similar. I mean, it makes sense because they get so fixated on things, on objects and, and doing certain just you know, they get obsessive. So yeah. it sense that maybe they would take it to that level. They're going to be in like a sense of comfort with something that's very specific. Yeah. Um, and then also like an uncomfortability with um, social interaction with humans. Yeah. So, it's like um, the best thing. So German sexologist Volkmar Sigush, can't say that <laughs> right either. Um, S-I-G-U-S-C-H. Good luck. Sure. Um, <laughs> He believes that this is further proof that human beings are increasingly drifting towards becoming asexual. And he, con he concluded, quote, that objectophiles aren't hurting anyone. They're not abusing or traumatizing other people. And who else can you say that about? End quote. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, and also like with the population being out of control, it's like they're they're kind of helping the environment in a way. Kind of. The you know. only thing that I had a problem with this is, is like, well, clearly I don't really have very much of an issue with Linda because she physically owns the Ferris wheel, right? Yeah. And this is like a weird part of my brain and I'm sure I'm alone in this, but I feel like it's a little audacious to be like, I am the only one that's married to the Eiffel Tower. Like this is a national <laughs> monument that thousands of people see every year. And yeah, what, what if somebody else came out and said, well, I, I'm in love with the Eiffel Tower. I know. What would happen then? She would probably and, be like, she'd probably be like, no, that woman's crazy or something, <laughs> you know? And like, I don't know. And it's like almost like a you taking them taking like an ownership over the physical item or structure and like they don't actually own it like like right and like are you assuming it loves you back you know is it yeah because that's it's more like of like an imaginary you know like having conversations <laughs> with with the ferris wheel i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's the only thing is I just like, I feel like it's just like kind of assuming a lot 
And you know, like yeah, who's to say you're the Eiffel Tower's type anyway? I know. <laughs> I mean, but I know that I'm I'm saying like this sounds like nuts that I'm saying this because this is so far out of the norm anyway that like of course like she can marry but whatever structure that you want. Get. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I feel like it's a little bold to be like, you know, no, the Eiffel is mine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like, I'm the first to say it. So but yeah, I wonder what happens if or like like with Linda, I wonder how she felt when she would see other people ride the Ferris wheel before you know, before it broke down. On the episode, you know, because Bruce is not currently working, she does go to another carnival and she sees another skydiver model Ferris wheel. So it's a very specific model. She is elated when she sees it. And then she like runs and operates it. I don't know how she was allowed to do that on the show, but um, (laughs) some like random lady off the street comes in, let me just run this ride for a little bit. and then she took she took a ride um, in that particular Ferris wheel. And she said, you know, people will ask her, do you think like going on another Ferris wheel is cheating? <laughs> and she said, no. <laughs> she does not believe that that is cheating on Bruce at all. I mean, I kind of feel like it is. It's a lot easier with, with this type of thing because you make the rules. Because I know, exactly. Your partner is an object who can't, you know. <laughs> I like for there to be like, set set moralistic limits and like with this there are none it's just like all yeah. out the window and you can just say and do whatever you want I saw like a bunch of lists of like people who have notably like married things like there was one that married like a three-foot statue that's a little different because you can like bring it into your home and this other woman married like a bridge and then this other person married a locomotive and then another person um the the only one that I found to be really gross was this man who admittedly had like sex quote unquote with I think it was like many 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 vehicles like a lot yeah, of cars. I saw that one because I think I was confusing that one with the one you're talking about I think that it was like 20 <laughs> cars but who knows I could have just been mis mis remembering and it could be like 200 it was like a it was like a very large number of vehicles that he had reportedly had sex with now i don't know how exactly he has sex with the car um but i can only imagine yeah and and i feel like i feel like cars are the one thing that maybe more than one thing that's like kind of sexualized in the media yeah already like i always hear like guys say oh that car's so sexy or like or when they refer to like not even just cars, but like boats and stuff. And they're like, oh yeah, she's, she, you know, take care of her. That always weirds me out. Yeah. Like, and it's always a she. Yeah. Because, you know, males own women. <laughs> but it's interesting, like I've always named my cars and my cars have always felt we're masculine. Well, you're, you're taking back the... <laughs> I'm taking it back. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, aside from the assumed ownership of said structure slash object um and then the sex thing you know because like i can only assume that these people are probably that's the only thing like if you're outside and you're like performing a sex act on a physical structure like a bridge Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's a little much for me if you're in the privacy of your own home that's different Another thing is like marriage is is a big deal and it to me it it should involve two consenting people um and it is something that like does take a lot of work and like 
to say, oh, I'm going to marry this bridge. It's just kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of taking away like the meaning behind. Yeah, it. a little bit. I mean, with Linda, I feel less judgmental about it because she did spend nine thousand dollars to buy him. That's true. She she put him. her yeah she bought the it's like buying a ring you know <laughs> <laughs> and like she you can like you saw like video evidence that she like cares for this Ferris wheel so I mean much. She, she does take it on dates uh, yes so like for her I feel a little less inclined to yeah worry about but and then part of me is like, well, do some people just like do that stuff for attention? Like not yeah. Linda, maybe, but maybe the Eiffel Tower lady. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Did she contact the Tyra Banks show or was yeah. it vice versa? Yeah. <laughs> That's the end. That, that was my topic, essentially. Well, that was great. That was great. I love that show. It's amazing what people are addicted to. <laughs> I could, yeah, I could watch that all, the, all day, every day. That and my, my, uh, no, Extreme Cheapskates. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. The, the, DLC, they know how to get you. The Strange Addiction is hard to watch when it's like, because uh, almost all of them are eating. Yes. And that, those are really hard for me to watch. Yeah. Yeah. The eating and the, yeah, I guess it's mostly all eating that are. Like the hard. woman who ate cat hair? No. Oh. No, I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. That's so unsanitary. I think, but extreme cheapskates, that can be really nasty too, the way that Yeah. But, you know, with everything going on now, it's like, they're probably like, we told you, because they're really good at conserving. <laughs> they're like, we have plenty of toilet paper because we never use it. Or they don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my topic was, I've had this topic for a few months now. I, I, I've been sitting on it because I wanted to wait till around Earth Day, uh, so it could go with the theme, um, which was apparently last week on the 22nd. So in honor of Earth Day, uh, my topic is Flat Earthers. (laughs) 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 Um, I I was inspired after I uh, saw a documentary on Netflix called Behind the Curve. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really good. You you should watch it. But, um, and then my other sources were Wikipedia, Live Science and National Geographic and some wonderful YouTube videos. <laughs> um, so like just a like teeny bit of history. So fun fact, Christopher Columbus did actually, did not discover the Earth was round. Um, it's been kind of a known fact before Christopher Columbus, um, pretty much for since like- Calpurnica. Way, anyway, way before him. <laughs> What's that? Wasn't it, I'm totally gonna get this wrong, but like it was like Calpurnicus or Galileo. Um, uh, Aristotle, I think, was one of no. This is super out of my range of okay. Okay, okay. you made a face. No like, did I fuck yeah. up? Um, well, like one of the first, like the reason they they knew like early on was um, you know, they would see like boats as they approached the horizon and how they would disappear, yeah. which shows exactly, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Aristotle, but, um, so anyway, um, so flat, flat earth, the flat earth movement, if you will, has been around for a while. Like there's always been even, you know, um, even though most people have believed, uh, you know, in the round earth 
I don't even want to say theory that the earth is round. Um, <laughs> there, you know, there's, there have been groups of people, there've been different societies um, that support that the earth is flat. Um, you know, back in history, it was more, um, it, it was more like the flat earth societies were more supported by like um, people that were very religious because it's, I guess it's somewhere in the Bible indicates that the earth is flat. Um, and you know, the, basically the rejection, or maybe it's more the rejection of science. Um, so it was like, you know, whenever, you know, it was just like the kind of the whole, like continuous battle between religion and science, but, yeah. um, but flat, the flat earth movement saw an increase, um, recently in 2015, um, when, um, videos started getting posted on YouTube um, by an individual named Mark Sargent, who is kind of, um, in this documentary and in some other articles I read, he's basically known as the king of flat earthers. Um, he's a former video game designer. He doesn't have any science background to my knowledge. Um, the documentary made it look like he lives with his mother because he's like, so what are we having for dinner tonight? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and he said he initially got into the whole idea of flat earth or the earth being flat because um, he went to debunk it. And, um, and he said, that's how most people get into it. They're like, this can't be true. And then he ended up finding himself supporting it. Um, and then um, he started uploading all these videos and became kind of like a, you know, kind of a big deal in the flat earth um, movement. And then he, um, I think he was inspired by videos that came out from a, an artist or someone that, it said an artist from NASA. So I guess maybe he drew, maybe he was like a graphic designer or something for NASA, who in my opinion, just from watching the documentary might have a mental illness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, might be bipolar, um, but I, I can't officially diagnose without knowing this yeah, person. Um, but um, <laughs> just <laughs> based on what I've seen, um, his videos are just very like, he's just rambling on and on and on. And he even goes to say that Mark, like, is part of the CIA and that he's, um, you know, that he's basically an imposter and he's like very paranoid. Um, and <laughs> they, uh, they asked, uh, Matt to appear in Behind the Curve. And then it said on the screen, Matt wanted to receive $5,000, 12% of profits, creative control, and guarantee that he would be featured in 25 to 50% of the film. And then his claim that Mark Sargent is C Secret Warner's <laughs> Warner Brothers executive using an alias. Those were his conditions for being on the, in the movie. So naturally <laughs> they said no. Um, <laughs> so anyway, going back to the, um, what is behind the flat earth theory. So it's derived from, I don't know how to say this, Zetetic Astronomy, um, which was a book published in back in 1865 by an English inventor and a religious fundamentalist. Um, so the main theory behind flat earth is that um, the earth is a shape of a disc with the Arctic circle in the center and Antarctica 
is a 150 foot wall of ice that surrounds the outside of the disc. Oh. Yeah. So like some people, niche. now there's some separation in the flat earth movement. People <laughs> there's believe there's, division. Yes, within, there's a lot of discourse within because there's like, it's, it's almost like Christianity, like there's different branches. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people believe Antarctica is an infinite, infinite plane that goes on forever. And then some people believe that earth is a disc that's like just flying in space, like a, a space Ship. Like a chip. And he interviewed one of the flat earthers. He's like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like his theory was fine. This but where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> Who would believe <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> so so um flat earthers believe that NASA employees guard the, the rim, the 150-foot wall, to prevent oh people God. from climbing scale thrones. Yes, they have people I, guard the wall in Game of Thrones. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, they're called the Men of the Night's Watch. And it is a wall of ice. Really? Okay, so, well, I'm not even kidding. Maybe he's a secret flat earther. <laughs> um, so they guard the rim to prevent people from climbing over and falling off the disc. Oh my gosh. So um, then how do you explain the sun and the moon? Well, the, they believe that the moon and sun are spheres Okay, there. It's okay for that to be round, apparently. Okay. That are um, 32 miles wide and circle um, 3,000 miles above the Earth. They also believe that there are invisible anti-moons that make it so you can't see the moon during a lunar eclipse. Because that was a big argument. Well, other than like all the other facts. <laughs> um, but that like, how would like, you? How does explain? the eclipse happen? Yeah. Yeah. How would you explain a lunar eclipse? And so they say that it's the anti-moons that make it so you can't see it. Um, yeah. And they, they say gravity is an illusion. And um, instead of gravity, they believe that the Earth moves upward at 32 feet squared per second by dark energy, um, which, okay. Um, <laughs> so they say that pictures of the Earth um, as a globe are photo photoshopped yeah and I've one of um, yeah one of um mark Sargent's. i was actually watching some of his youtube videos to kind of get a better idea of like what more specifically you know what he believed um and he was saying that like if you look up look for pictures of the earth like they're all like um like computer generated like it's hard to find like an actual photo um, well, it's because they're all copies of the same, like, yeah, they have like a specific set of photos that were taken on a specific mission. And that's like what we see. Yeah. But I guess he says like they're redrawn or things like that. Like, instead of like, I mean, I'm just saying there aren't that many photos, but they do exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or maybe they're copyrighted too. They probably right. are. I think they're owned by NASA. Yeah. He also said um, GPS systems, or flat earth theory says GPS systems in planes are rigged to make us think we are going in a straight line when in reality we are flying in circles around the plane, the plane meaning earth. Um, so um, Mark Sargent in one of his videos says that in 1957 when US and Russia sent satellites into the sky um, they were afraid by what they saw, meaning they were, they realized that earth was not a sphere and that it was actually flat. 
And this was in their fear was indicated by them constantly shooting nuclear weapons. Um, okay, where did those nuclear weapons? Yeah, and why? Like, what is that? I don't, what are they shooting? At? <laughs> <laughs> the sky. And he said, he said another reason that flat Earth theory is correct is because fifty nations signed a treaty making Antarctica off limits starting in 1959, just two years after, you know, they. U.S. and Russia started shooting off the satellites. Hmm. So it's only NASA that guards Antarctica's ice wall, essentially. Like, no other government is in charge of this? Um, correct. As far as, that's as far as I know. Um, they say that all, that NASA was basically made up or all the space missions were made up. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, too. Yeah, to to make everyone think, you know, to to keep up with this. So um, those rockets that we saw shooting up into the sky just didn't exist, and the vid the actual videos that we have from the International Space mm -hmm. Station are all fabricated of them. They're rigged. Floating. They're, rigged. They're floating in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like her. Well, there was air floating. Uh, there's this great video from not too long ago, this wonderful female astronaut named Sunny, and she describes like what it's like to just have a daily life on the International Space Station. And she shows like brushing her teeth and her hair is floating like the entire time. Her necklace is floating. <laughs> it shows like the water floating when she tries to brush her teeth. And it's, that would just be so challenging to fake. Yeah, I know. Like, you'd have to, like, they were really ahead of their time with special effects, if that were the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this was years um, ago, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, there was what there is, well, there was a flat earther who, I think he paid, like, thousands, like, $20,000 or something like that, and made his own rocket and launched himself into well he tried to launch himself into space i don't think like he got very astronaut farmer with billy bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he wanted to prove you know that everything was a lie um how far did he, he get in the rocket i'm not sure but he ended up he's like a daredevil and he ended up dying in another like something else he was some other it's i don't think it was a rocket Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll, they're probably saying, I'm sure the other flat earthers are like, NASA killed him, you know. Um, so another argument on the flat earth side is that no astronaut footage, uh, there's no astronaut footage where they can pan, where they pan the camera 180 degrees or 360, so you can't like see the whole thing that it's actually round. Um, they say that we, there's really weird plane routes, you know, like instead of just going directly from one place to the other, they have all these other stops but i mean they have to fuel up and stuff i'm assuming like all the layovers yeah but i mean they even have like routes like that like oce oceanic maps like you're yeah. avoiding specific areas where there's lots of flight traffic so you don't freaking run into each other right but yeah he that was just one of his reasons that there's something you know they don't want us to see um some flat earthers believe that it's the earth is diamond shaped um that's weird but i didn't yeah i'm like okay <laughs> so let's see so um big shock there are no scientists in this flat earth 
uh, <laughs> this flat earth society. Um, but Mark says this is because they are too scared because, you know, the consequences oh. that would come out if they too were scared to come forward. Yeah. So they also, um, on this documentary, featured uh, Patricia Steer, uh, who is in Texas. Um, her dad was like a, in radio, and then she started a podcast and interviewed Mark, and then they eventually started a show together called Flat Earth and Other Potatoes. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> So she's like, she's very, she's very interesting. She's got a, she's definitely got a Carol Baskin feel to her. She's I was got like, just thinking that too. I'm like that damn Carol Baskin. She's got that like, she's got that kind of like calm demeanor and like the, you know, nothing you can can say will rattle me. She's like, yeah, she's got like 25 cats. Um, and you could kind of tell they were like, trying to make fun of her a little in the documentary because they kept showing her cats everywhere and like there's this one scene where they're interviewing her and, and this black cat is just sitting there and literally it's so black that all you can see are its eyes and then at one point it shuts them and it just looks like this big black ball <laughs> spinning <laughs> on her desk while she's like talking about all these theories and like her and Mark go to NASA and, and then they just like make fun of it or a NASA like museum or something and they just make fun of it the whole time. Um, they even have a um, a flat earth uh, conference, flat earth international conference and rally. I have heard of that. I have yes. heard of that. Yeah. So, um, and then they talk about a group called Globebusters, a grassroots group of, well, this group does have scientists and engineers that claim to have scientific studies that show the earth is flat. Um, they bought, they paid $20,000 to buy a um, gyroscope and found, um, and it actually didn't do, <laughs> they were trying to show that, it, prove that the earth was flat, but it actually did shift. I think it drifted 15 degrees, which is what science would say would happen, you know, for the earth to be round. Um, so they're still, you know, working on some studies. They, it's inconclusive so far, big shock. <laughs> um, but they, <laughs> they were also, um, there was some article written by this guy in the Philly voice um, and, it was just like talking about the flat earth movement and um then they interview mark and he's like oh yeah that guy he's he's one of us and then they interview the this the philly voice writer he's like <laughs> you know he's like that'd be a funny thing to put on my card like he's like i'm no <laughs> so it's like they they're just so like they they're convinced that like these other people are secretly like part of their yeah um, and then, the, and that, you know, they kind of turned against each other, like in the case with um, the guy, Matt Bolin, who changed his name to like math something, but <laughs> it's, yeah, he's quite an interesting man. But so um, let's see. So a little psychology behind flat earthers and conspiracy theories in general. Um, in the documentary, they interview um, a professor of psychiatry at UCLA, and he says, we form beliefs on um, basically two things, which is intuition, aka like what feels right to us, and then subjective experience. For example, I look out and see something in the distance, 
Um, you know, so that, you know, it seems flat, so it must be flat. And that's kind of like in the documentary and a lot of people that you, that they interview in the flat earth movement um, are like, well, you know, if, if the earth is round, then why can I see out and see that far? And it's, you know, so far away, but it's, it's still, you know, I can see it and it it's appears right there, you know, like, just look at it. It's clearly flat, you know? Um, so <laughs> they also, um, interview, uh, like psychologists and, um, like scientists and they talk about imposter syndrome, which is the more, you know, about a topic, the more you feel you aren't an expert. Um, but then they were saying that a lot of like flat earthers were like, the, what's what they call the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is a psychological finding that people who don't have expertise or knowledge about something um, have a false confidence that they do, yeah. like they have all the facts. Um, they also talk about confirmation bias, which is finding evidence that supports your theory and not really looking at the big picture. Um, but they, they say that um, the worst thing you can do is to just dismiss them and look down on them because, um, you know, they, uh, you know, as, as crazy as we see their thoughts, like they are, they are smart people and they, it, it, like one person said, they serve as a reminder of scientists that could have been, um, but maybe they just felt left out. And there definitely was a, a like, they showed some of the, um, the people at the conference and they all were saying like how like I never felt like I fit in and like kind of like this this feeling of like loneliness and like they kind of found their people um and then you know, they talked I, I think that behind that like I think that when people just immediately start you know saying well that can't be kind of thing and like we just divide and divide and that you can't see across yeah. the aisle kind of thing then that yeah. situations can get pretty dire. But at the same time, like, that's why they're like, oh, okay, you think that the earth is flat? Well, let's do some research and let's yeah. look and see, is there any truth to this? And you know what I mean? Like, I think that it's pretty easy to tell. <laughs> yeah. And, and the problem is like, it doesn't matter what, facts or research you put in front of these people they're not going to believe it like they even showed they did some sort of test with a boat um that was holding up like uh a piece of like a big um like poster with three lines and like as the boat went further the line slowly disappeared and they're like they're like the earth is still flat like they didn't they didn't care so it's like it's just one of those things where it's like you know, they've kind of made up their mind. There was like an Adam Ruins Everything episode about his show saying like they were trying to disprove their own show. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> Adam Ruins his show. <laughs> and then um, they were saying how like there's a, there's a specific theory to like when you try and argue a point, people tend uh -huh. to just really believe their own side even more. And then they feel oh, really? strongly about their own side. Not all the time, but sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Or it's like when, when you're arguing and like as that person's talking, you're kind of just thinking what you're going to say and not even listening to what yeah. they're saying. Yeah. Um, let's see. They also, uh, so they, um, in one art article, um, there's an, 
a psychologist, Karen Douglas. She studies conspiracy theories and she found that um, people genuinely believe um, that the earth is flat. It's not like one of those, like, I'm just doing this to, to be different or whatever. Like they actually believe it. She says most conspiracy theories follow a similar pattern. Um, they take a major event or issue and come up with a vague explanation for why, for why what they believe really happened is being covered up. Um, so she says a lot of power lies in it, in the vagueness of their um, theories because it's like if something's so vague, it's you know, it's probably easy to get behind because there's you know not really much like the more specific you get, the more you can debunk it basically. Yeah. Um, she also says they are often like so confident and they stick to their story no matter what. And that can actually be influential. So I guess kind of like even when in that situation, when they did the experiment and they still said, well, it's the earth is still flat. Um, that that's actually, I guess, is a way of getting more people to, to back them, which is really scary. But she says that's known as the minority influence. Um, and about half of Americans believe at least one conspiracy theory but only 2% of Americans believe that the world is flat, um, <laughs> which is, you know, still a little scary, but, um, so just some famous flat earthers, uh, you know, B.O.B. Yeah. Um, he's, he has a song called Flatline, um, and he got into like a Twitter war with, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson about, um, the earth being flat. Um, Kyrie Irving and NBA point guard and Shaquille O'Neal. Really? <laughs> are some I yeah. didn't know about Shaquille O'Neal. Well, he said something about it on a podcast and then he later was like, oh, I was just joking. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but Good I have a hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I have a weird feeling that that number is going to go up, you know, just with time. Um, but, yeah. you know, but one thing I thought was interesting was there was this, uh, one guy they interviewed at the convention who was, um, he was an, like an Iraq war veteran and like, he came back from the war and then started getting really into it. And I wonder if like something happened at war that made him just like distrust the government or distrust, you know, authority or, you know, it just seems like the, the definite, um, theme with these people is they just don't trust the government um and they believe they're being lied to and yeah they need to uncover this and that i guess that's kind of the theme behind any conspiracy theory but um i don't know i guess it kind of makes me sad that people feel like they can't trust their own government i mean i guess you know there's obviously a lot of corruption and stuff and i don't know if anyone would 100 percent trust their government but to believe that they would go that far I know. <laughs> to, to cover up something like when you know to me it would be I don't know what the you know like what good it would do to like what would be their motivation to cover that up but I know yeah so that's uh that is a just a general um flat earth uh you know Little exploration into we'll the, run through. the flat earthers. <laughs> wow. 
My goodness. I think it's interesting that out of nowhere, it seems like people have just had this resurgence of this. Like, I yeah. feel like this was not around in like the 80s. It wasn't. And and I think it was like a YouTube thing. Like, oh. just started. Okay. Yeah. From what I understand, yeah. Yeah. Making this. Yeah. They video. start posting things and, you know, YouTube can be like a, a, a dark hole that you can just fall down and find all sorts of weird things and it gives everyone a voice and so I wouldn't be surprised if there's been other conspiracy theories that like kind of went dormant and then came back thanks to YouTube and social media in general. Hmm. Are you on your phone? No. Wow. <laughs> thanks. It was podcast related. I went, I was trying to figure out who um, actually did discover that the earth was round and you were right. It's Aristotle. Yay. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's podcast related. Yeah, because a lot of, a lot of, like a lot of like pages said different things. It's like BC and you know, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But then it also said that, um, and that was, um, Oh gosh, what was the date? That was like 2000, was it 2000 years ago? But then there's another guy whose name is super hard to pronounce and there's yeah. no get it. It's like Eratosthenes. Yeah, it, it definitely started with the, the Greeks. And he was the one that started noticing like the, the distance between cities and how like something that was far away looked like, like a disappeared kind of thing. But yeah, you were right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and another random thing. They their um their little symbol, the flat earthers, is they take oh. their arm and just make it flat like that, and they <laughs> that in their pictures. It kind of looks like they're dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I mean, they probably have like a logo and stuff too. Oh yeah, he he showed a billboard that was like this huge billboard that just said the earth is flat and then had some sort of website and he's like I never thought we'd get this far <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well you know he's should be proud of himself he's organized individuals but I just wish it was something yeah. that was a little more substantiated with actual yeah. information but they made a really good point on the on the documentary they interviewed him they're like what if one day you found out this was like not real? Like you're so to Mark Sargent because they're like you're so in it and you're like the leader of this and you know everyone he's found this like this group of people that love him and I feel like normally you know I hate to say it, but he'd probably be kind of the loser like probably <laughs> the society you know like they were saying how like if you left the the flat Earth movement in general not just him but like no one would like no one would care you know and be like oh come on back to the the round earth society you know like it would just be like okay you're just normal but you know to like it it would be hard to leave basically is kind of what this yes. is um like a cult yes well also it's just because it's like they're it's their people and it's like they people that have accepted them yeah how weird they might be and how different I mean, that might, might strengthen the idea that it's true too yeah like i kind of saw some it. some i saw some weird similarities between this and and the the pony the um bronies oh really yeah just like the whole like they needed somewhere to fit in except i feel like the bronies was a lot you know it, 
it was a lot less harmful. Like than, that was, yeah, more positive. Yeah. I mean, this, I guess, they <laughs> see as positive because they believe it's true. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, the meaning behind our universe has a lot to do with the fact that our Earth is round. <laughs> like, gravity, <laughs> physics, you know, like. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they've proved, like, there's a lot of people who say, like, the moon landing is fake. And yeah. They've gone through because, like, on, yeah. They've gone through, they did that on, I think, I think it was Adam Ruins Everything did that, too. And they were, you know, studying the way the light and the shadows are um, working, and they were saying, like, it would just be literally impossible for their technology at the time to have faked it. And, you know, so, I don't know. I feel like people have gone through a lot of steps to prove things that are just unnecessary to prove. But I, I, like you said, I think it's just a lot of fear of, and distrust. I yeah. mean, probably it's a good thing to have a healthy level of skepticism. You should yeah. Yeah. Everything that comes your way. So I think questioning it is totally fine. But then, yeah, I think you should question things that you're taught because you know, that's healthy. That's what we're doing right here. Right? I know that's the whole point of our podcast. <laughs> But there's a level, when you start believing that NASA is, is guarding an ice tower that is essentially <laughs> almost the exact same description as Game of Thrones, that's where I start to kind of... But Bay, you can't prove that that's not true. <laughs> I'm going to go to myself. <laughs> you better work on that rocket right now, okay? <laughs> well, that was a good one. I love that you, you saved it for Earth Day, too. Yes. Happy, <laughs> happy round slash flat Earth for some of you. Day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, make sure you check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram. This is the part I don't get. We'll be posting some pictures and links and things like that to the podcast. And then also feel free to email us with some more questions and comments and concerns correction <laughs> complaints whatever it may be um <laughs> at um the part i don't get at gmail.com and we will check y'all out in two yep. weeks all right all right bye bye